You're listening to Blue Yonder with your hosts, Jim Jones, Peter Streets, and introducing Aaron Hubbard. week but our friend peter pretty much shot us down because apparently he doesn't watch tv yeah he, he's sitting the golden age out he, he is sitting it's not a good age to sit out really i mean if you're gonna pick one age you would want to pick like the shit age yeah like the, the golden 80s. age might... you could just sat out the 80s until oh eventually. no you can't dude what? you've got shows like macgyver uh, you've got shows like perfect strangers you've got, <laughs> got shows like i just uh, think that if you rainbow and... bright <laughs> The Care Bears, G.I. Oh, yeah. Thundercats. The Gummy Bears. <laughs> Bouncing here and there and everywhere. <laughs> Fraggle Rock. Fraggle that was Rock. more like 60s, 70s, wasn't it? You know, one of my secret shames is I, as a youth, like, before I got to be a teenager, really fell in love with animated female characters. Oh, boy. Like, I had such a huge crush on Penny Gadget from Inspector Gadget. Oh, nice. And uh, She's there was a hottie. The blonde princess <laughs> from Gummy Bears, I remember being tasty. I don't remember her. The, uh, the uh, pink lion pilot from Voltron. I wasn't allowed to watch Voltron. Very hot. April Neal from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Wasn't allowed to watch them. I wasn't either, but I had a cousin. Well, everybody's got that kind. I could think, so yeah. I could sneak away after school mm-hmm. and you know go like you know, we were supposed to be playing outside, but we were watching <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and GI Joe, the Baroness from GI Joe. Holy shit! Um, I don't know if, if if I'm alone on that, but uh, you I, might be. I, you I, might I've kind of outgrown it because it's I, you know it's like not like I'm sitting around masturbating to Jessica Rabbit <laughs> that you know, but yeah, as a kid, I was like, yeah, it's like she's this penny. Penny Gadget's making making me feel funny. Well, Jessica Rabbit, she's undeniably hot. Yes. I mean, there's not a man on the planet who would turn her down. No, if she were alive and not a cartoon, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't exactly. get her out of bed. I mean, her fucking body's a roller coaster. That Penny Gadget. You, you know what's funny? <laughs> Speaking of Golden Age of TV, um, Joni, the head secretary from Mad Men, is a real-life Jessica Rabbit. Uh, what's it, Christina, Christina Hendricks? Hendricks yeah. yeah, she's a real life Jessica Rabbit. She is a yeah. reason to watch the show all by itself. <laughs> Why don't we go ahead and talk about Mad Men because we've oh, yeah. been watching it lately. Um, I've been in for the past month one. or so. Well, yeah, and I went back and I watched season one and two, um, and, then, and then we watched season three together, pretty much together. And now we're going, rolling through season four because we've I, seen the first two episodes of it. Right, and um, the reason I'm a little bit behind because. Well, I lost, you know, got divorced, and I lost cable, and I had a shitty TV. She took the cable, man. She took the that's cable. rough. She took the cable. She the took coax the out of my walls. <laughs> that's that's brutal. She paid an electrician to come in, yeah, strip you bare. That was extreme. All your cables. It was extreme. But uh, uh, well, before we get into it, I just want to say, spoilers off the freaking walls yeah. like that realize we're on, and we're only on episode two of season four yes and the thing is is i don't know that we could really spoil it for you because like i knew the plot the plot twist for season i think two mm-hmm. uh, um and 
the way just watching it unfold, the show is, is yeah. relentlessly watchable. Yep. And you know, I, I guess there's a couple things. First of all, the cinematography and set design is just amazing. It really is. When I watch that show, I feel like I'm in the 50s or the 60s or whatever era they're in yeah, at that time. Right. I feel like I'm there. Yeah. Like the the people smoking in their offices nonstop. Drinking the, like fishes. The abuse of women yeah. in general. The objectification. <laughs> yeah. Um, it it oh, and feels like, like the 50s. How do you like the part where they were in a park as a family uh-huh. and like uh, this time to go? And, like, Don, the main character, got up and crushed a beer can and just, like, threw it into the woods. <laughs> and then you're like, wow, that's a really casual littering. And then the mother took the, like, blanket they were sitting on and she, like, tossed it. So all the paper plates and stuff and napkins just went everywhere and she folded it up and put it in. Like, just, just left all the trash there in this middle of this park. Awesome. It's like the casual awesome. littering and the racism mm-hmm. and the sexism. Yeah, and it's all done in this casual, nonchalant, like... Like, everyone just expects it. Yeah. Like, it's commonplace, which it was. Yeah. And, and that's just phenomenal. What I like to see now, though, is because we're basically, like, six years into Showtime. Because it started mm-hmm. in the late 50s. Yeah. And, like, you could literally grope a woman at a part at an office party, and she could do nothing. Mm-hmm. Nor would she even really think that it was objective. Ob- yeah, it's interesting. Like, they accepted that the as their fate. It's like, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're a secretary, you're going to eventually be used as someone's whore. And and Don's wife, I mean, she was being mistreated left and right. Sure, sure. And she had her role and her place within the family. Right. And that's what she even expected of herself. Right. But now I'm seeing that, like, you're entering the early 60s to the mid-60s. Kennedy just got killed yeah. in Showtime. And you can start to see the women are formulating the idea of resistance. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not – it's like, you know, when they get – they still are pretty accepting of the fate, but you can it just uh, the performances are just so subtle and good that they convey this kind of like you can feel the women, you know, rising up. You can feel things changing in the show very slowly mm-hmm. and subtly, but they're there. And the interesting thing about you mentioned the Kennedy assassination, I thought it was really cool how. During the show, they've always had those major events going on. Mm-hmm. They've always, like, said, oh, this and this happened. And you think, well, that was a historical event that I remember from real life. Um, but they always kind of glossed over it. Mm-hmm. They just, like, mentioned it, and they would go about their own business um, day to day, whatever. Uh, but when they got to the Kennedy assassination, they actually took uh, probably ten minutes of the episode and just focused on that. Like, they showed everyone sitting down, watching their television. Everyone was literally on the edge of their seats. (laughs) I'm sorry, phone. (laughs) God damn it. Uh, Everyone was literally on the edge of their seats watching this unfold. And I thought that was really cool. Like this monumental event in history kind of shut down the show for a little bit too. You know, what I was thinking, because they said that that was like the end of America's innocence. Well, mm-hmm. they say Vietnam was, or there's several different moments. We're kind of entering into that thing. The NES was. Yeah, the NES definitely was. But what I think was interesting is like America needed to grow the fuck up. Because if <laughs> yeah, their yeah. innocence was what I'm seeing, where it's like <laughs> casual racism, sexism. Sure. You know, people drinking themselves in their early graves and, you know, justifying these just crazy repressed perfect lifestyle with this crazy stuff happening 
And a lot of that's dramatic. Not everybody was womanizing, whoring, and all that kind of stuff. But I can really see what the kind of Woodstock generation was rebelling against. Sure. Like, it's interesting watching – it's going to be very interesting watching Don's daughter grow up. Uh There's some – yeah. Really fucked up shit that's going to be going on. And, you know, when she <laughs> With goes. The neighbor. And, and, well, not uh, just that, but, like, can you imagine? Like, I can see her arc being a lot like Ginny's in Forrest Gump. Hmm. Yeah. Or uh, I was thinking the uh, sister from Wonder Years. Mm, yeah, what yeah. Was her name? Was it? No, no, no. Oh, his yeah, sister. Yeah, yeah. Just played by Olivia. What's her? Uh, sure, I forget. Sure. Super hot, though. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I would liken it to. What I think is going to happen. With mm. her. Good point. Good point. But, you know, what's really great about the show is not only the set direction and the historical accuracy, but the characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, you come into the series not knowing anything about them. And you just – just through their acting and the way they carry themselves and the clothes they wear and the lines they say and the writing is amazing. But it the really characterization is. is like you just sit there and watch these characters wind up and play, man. Mm-hmm. Like – I'm trying – again, it's it's so subtle and so good, but, like, they'll have these flashbacks with Don where you go back to see his childhood. Mm-hmm. And it'll put, like – because, like, Don is a, fundamentally – he's the most likable, unlikable character I've ever seen because he does <laughs> truly despicable things. Like, he'll treat his family uh-huh. horrible, treat his employees horrible. But then, you know, his womanizer, he's fantastic at his job. You kind of, as a man, as a man, I <laughs> kind of really admire him and want to be him and also loathe him. But they'll show these flashbacks of his past that make you feel really bad for him. Yeah. Like, what kind of um, – and, and it keeps getting worse and worse. Like, in season one, you saw some things were horrific. Mm-hmm. But they just keep getting, you know, these experiences keep getting worse and worse and more and more traumatic. And you're thinking, my God, how does this guy even get out of bed? <laughs> you know, much I, less be the mo- the the most talented advertiser man that ever was and, and lived. I, I think the only reason that you both love and loathe him is because of the setting. I think if it was set in modern day and he was acting like that, he'd oh, be a fucking asshole. Yeah, for sure. You'd hate him for sure. But since it was expected back then, it's it's not out of line with what's at least really acceptable could be doing. And he's kind of seen as a, a tragic heroic character because of the things that happen. And I'm trying to be very vague in case you, you, this does sound interesting. You want to see it, but, um, because of the stuff that happened in his past, it's kind of, it's, it's like, I always say with a good friend, Peter, uh, it's not okay, but at least understand, <laughs> I'm not saying what he's doing is good, <laughs> but I can see how he's got to this point. And it's also sure. tragic because I do believe, you know, it's a portrait of a man that, 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 you know, he loves his family, mm-hmm. but because of all this crap going on in his life, he's destroying it. And he realizes that, and you know, until it's too late. Yeah. I, I also like the, the series is a very, very slow burn. In season one, you'll get into it. I know I got into it, and I was thinking, there's no way I'm going to stick with this show. There's nothing happening. Nothing is going on. But what... I realized is that they're really building a solid foundation for those characters to grow on. Right. Because you want to take the journey with them. You don't just want to see these characters all grown up, so to say. True. Because you're right. There's in, in each episode, there's very little that kind of happens. Yeah. 
It's more like if it's an accumulation factor. But they pay off so well. Like last night, we watched that show where is at a Christmas party, mm-hmm. and their largest client was basically bullying one yes. of the senior members of the and the, had the been for episodes. And, and but it culminated in him bullying like just very menacingly. But everybody's smiling about him to wear a Santa Claus outfit. Yeah, and they had this this really quiet, intense like like you're on your pins and needles, like you're watching a fucking action movie, and mm-hmm. these guys are just talking. And he's psychologically mind bullying this guy into wearing a, doing something he doesn't want to do. Yeah, I mean it's kind of in its way as powerful as the Ned Beatty rape scene from <laughs> Deliverance. Oh God, but he got mind raped. Yeah, I, I just but it's just that that kind of character moments are awesome. The way they played this out. I mean, because that guy was introduced in season one. Yeah, yeah. as the kind of the callow son of this tobacco heir. Mm-hmm. And they built him up into this. I mean, that's going crazy places too. Another cool thing about that is I actually thought it showed the distinct difference between Don and what is his name? The, the, the older lucky partner. Strikes, oh, no, uh, the, Roger Sterling. Roger Sterling. Don would have gone, told him to go fuck no, himself. No, Don did because Hilton did the exact same yeah. thing to him yeah. throughout those several episodes. Right, right. Was doing the same thing. And it showed the character differences between those two guys. And I thought it was right. outstanding. right. You know, the other thing about the show is the writing is phenomenal. Yeah. The dialogue is both perfect in like a Shakespearean sense and completely believable. Mm-hmm. Like the people's reactions and, you know, you just like – there's some plot twists that you don't see. Like in the the, the climax of season three oh. was a straight-up heist like out of Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> and so cool. I did not see it coming. No. Like no. until it was happening. Mm-hmm. And it was so fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the, some of the speeches that Don gives to the clients, like, the one that I always remember is the one about the, uh, um, what is it, Kodak? Uh, it was the projector slide, the wheel. Mm-hmm. They wanted to call it the wheel, and it wasn't selling. And he, he decided, to, you know, they need to be called the carousel. And that speech he gave about nostalgia. And it's just, like, you can it, – it's a four-minute scene you can see it on YouTube. Um, look for, like, I think it's, like, Mad Men Carousel. It is like one of the finest four minutes. It's like it's perfect little mini movie. The way they build the scene up and everybody's reactions in the room. It's just really amazing. Uh, what was the latest one he did? The pitch where he got super pissed and was just like, "Get out of my office!" Oh, like about, the, threw... about the the two piece bathing suits. This is just, yes, yes. This Christian company that was a wholesome family owned company, but they make mm-hmm. two piece bathing suits, but not bikinis because bikinis are just underwear you wear at the beach. <laughs> yeah, and so they wanted Don to design an ad campaign for that them. would make people young people want to buy them. Yeah, without being risque, and he yeah. comes back with this thing where. It shows a woman um, jumping up into the air. She, it shows the bottom half of her. Uh, and it's like, it it's like granny on. panties. You yeah, know, it's like, like this big, huge bathing suit. And then the top has a black bar across it. And it said, what does it say? It said, um, so well constructed, we can't show you the top floor. <laughs> yeah. You know, because they're almost emphasizing the fact that these are robust. Because basically it's a bikini, but the... The midriff goes above the navel, mm-hmm. and like you know, there weren't any spaghetti straps for the top, or like you know, it was big, you know. But it was still, but but he kind of pointed out the hypocrisy. He's like, look, 
a-holes. You know, uh-huh. you're not you're selling burkas. You're not selling one pieces. You're selling a two-piece. Selling piece. bikinis, So it's basically. like you need to – it's like – and this is, this, is, uh, this is a wink, not a leer. Uh-huh. And they're just like, no, we can't – you know, it's like, you know, having the black bar is almost worse than her being naked. <laughs> Which I actually kind of agree with. It was – it almost it's, felt more risque. It's – sometimes you can – there's a fine line between, you know, is, is it sexier to be completely naked or uh-huh. to be wearing a really slinky negligee? I mean, like, I'm the big proponent of optimum amount of naked. Um for but for yeah. at least t- titillization and and but yeah but yeah he he fucking threw those guys yeah like at first he was just like well then you don't know what you want or whatever right and, but first he's like you don't understand the pitch so he explained so he it. tried it again and then and, and then he's like you guys don't even know what you want you right. you can't get what you're going for because it doesn't make sense right and then they said something else to him and he walked out of the thing and. One of the guys stayed in there trying to pitch them even further. Or trying, trying to, to keep, set up a meeting to, for and, later. And trying to calm them down. Smooth it over. Yeah. yeah. So that they can maybe keep the client. And Don says, I'm not having that. Yeah, he goes back into the room, opens the door, and throws the fuckers out. He's like, get yeah. out of my office now. He napalms the bridge because he's <laughs> like, you know what? This is my firm. I do not want it to get – I do not want clients like this. Yeah. Yeah. The only clients that compromise my – you know, they're just too stupid to live. <laughs> Which I've had, you know, as a freelance web designer, I've had clients that are too stupid to live. Hmm. You know that you know used me as a fancy Adobe. You know, I, I was basically a mouse enabling them to use Photoshop. <laughs> sure. Jesus Christ! There's a really good. Um, I'll have to link it to it, but there's a really good uh, web comic about that. So, but anyway, yeah, I think Don. Uh, do we want to do some predictions for season four? Like what we think, where we think oh, it's going, wow. because um, it is going to dark places. Very dark. I mean, he just got divorced. I, man, I could buy anything. Like the little neighborhood kid killing Sally's brother. That kid is freaky. Or commit, or commit killing himself. Um, I'm thinking he's going to like asphyxiate himself in her room or something while he's like doing it to her panties or something weird. I've like, got There's going to be some crazy shit. I've got a prediction because there's always been, at least from season one on, there was a lot of sexual tension between Don and the redhead, uh, Joni. Okay. And then she got involved with Roger again, and then uh-huh. she got married to this one dude, and, like, you know, Don, you know, just went on. To, but they're painting the fact that her husband is going to Vietnam. Uh-huh. I think he's going to be killed in the war. And then Quite as, as, as Don is pulling himself out of the gutter, they're going to be – and that's, it's going to be like some kind of fucking tornado meeting a volcano, as Eminem would put it, relationship. Really? Because, see, I – The two sexiest – I noticed Rod Sterling was actually making a move on her last oh, episode. Oh, no, you're talking about Roger Sterling? Roger Sterling, yeah. Rod Sterling is the Twilight Zone guy, right? Yeah, kind of. But he – I – See, what I think is going on there is I think Roger's finally found a girl that he is, like, head over heels for. Yeah. Much young, very pretty. Smart, and I think she's going to cheat on him. He's I, he's going to get that. paid back in his own his own coin. Sure. Um, I totally see that this, you know, Betty's not going to be happy. <laughs> I actually think there's going to be some abusive shit going on Maybe. there. Maybe. I mean, she is, like, He doesn't insane. seem as genuine as he's trying to come off. No. No, no, no. And the no. stuff with them at dinner really yeah. felt like there was an awkward tension there between his family and her. Yeah. Like, his family hates her. Yeah. I, I think that's going to go to really bad places. Yeah. Very Especially soon. since they got married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, 
man, like within months of them being divorced. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's crazy. But so it's like so the show's got excellent sets, excellent. It's cast perfectly too. Oh yeah. Like yeah. every single time they introduce a new character, mm-hmm. it's like holy Christ, this is the guy who was born to play this role. Mm-hmm. And you know, and they've taken largely no name people. Like who 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 heard of John Hamm before he was cast as Don Draper? Not me. He's a fucking star. Yeah, he's in um, everything now, man. Yeah, he's doing commercials. Like his voice is yeah. an icon. Yeah, but um, but I think in like, and the other thing about the show is that in high def it looks amazing too. It's <laughs> so rich and so well shot and composed. I just think you know, as golden age of TV, it, you you start to think about this is the this is a time where the networks. Well, not necessarily the networks, but the cable companies have got the creative freedom they need to do any kind of storyline, drugs, mm-hmm. sex, adult language, adult situations. You know, and Mad Men is like, it's not really hardcore sex, not really hardcore or core language, but it's real. Yeah, and, th- and there's a little bit of all of that sprinkled in throughout yeah. the show. Yeah, right. Like, I was I was watching an episode from season two on an airplane on the way to Las Vegas, <laughs> oh, no. and I felt uncomfortable enough that I had to, like, stop watching it because huh. it's like, gosh, if there's a kid watching this particular scene. The lawnmower scene? No, it wasn't the lawnmower scene. <laughs> that was season three, wasn't it? No, it was like Don Draper fucking this 19-year-old in oh, yeah, California yeah. during nice. that arc. But, um, but <laughs> yeah, so it's like it's just sexy enough that you're uncomfortable watching it on, in in uh, coach on an air, on an airplane, but mm-hmm. um, but you got like think about how many awesome TVs we've had, uh, television shows. We've got the Wire. another one that I want to talk about that is awesome is Entourage. Well, I want to like, get we to need that to go into that in depth because the, okay. these others I'm just because I haven't seen as much as I want. But like think about it. we've had the Shield, the Shield, the Wire, the Sopranos, so um, Lost, Lost the Heroes, first the first season, season of Heroes. Of Heroes, Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. Firefly, um, and these shows. Not only are they so well made. But they're coming at the apex of the technology of the TV. Mm-hmm. Like these stuff, this stuff looks amazing at 1080p. And they're, you're actually getting like Hollywood type talent, you know, to actually write this stuff. They're not just, bru- they're not just hacks that are, you know, yeah. they're, they've actually got creative writers and directors, you know, good cinematographers, movie quality film stock, and, you know, the way they're shot and well casted. Mm-hmm. It's just really cool that, like, all this is coming together at the same time. That's why I say it's a golden age of TV. It's never looked better. And that's, uh, incidentally, another thing you w- see in Mad Men, when you watch them watching TV. Oh, yeah. Television was so shitty, man. Terrible. So a horrible picture. Even in New York City. Like, it wasn't like they're mm-hmm. living in the sticks and they're barely getting reception. <laughs> this is as good as it got. Yep. You know, you're, like, I'm a couple miles from NBC's broadcasting tower. And it's, like, rolling over it and there's it, static. It doesn't have and... it. A, ver- a vertical hold is going. <laughs> yeah. The TV is, like, flick. Everything's all burnt in and kind of shitty looking. Oh, man. Amazing. And yeah, now I'm bad. watching this on this on this glorious 50-inch plasma TV. And it's just really cool how the, the 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 creative freedom they got because society's kind of like not as uptight and they can do more on cable and how good the mm-hmm. technology is and they're just really taking advantage of it. Well, yeah. Speaking of like the technology that we're at now and a la carte television, I think that's actually one of the main reasons that we're able to have this golden age of television right now. Right. Because before. Like the internet, I guess, or before DVRs and things like that, people literally were not able to keep up with a serialized television show. And if you notice, every single show we're mentioning 
is serialized. That's true. There's character growth. There's change from episode to episode. There are storylines, story arcs that span seasons, even shows. Right. And I think that is actually the number one factor in why these shows are getting so good now. That's right, because even like the X-Files, they had kind of a myth arc, but they couldn't do that all the time. They Mm -hmm. had to have standard Monster of the Week. Star Trek, Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of character development. Deep Space Nine did a little bit stuff but they still had a lot of standalone episodes they did yeah yeah it was i mean the first time i can remember someone doing that was babylon 5 yeah and that's hailed as a really really good show that i've never seen seen. because the effects were just too bad Uh, i I couldn't get over how bad the sets and the effects were (laughs) i agree man Uh, it should have come out 10 years later it should have it's funny because like this is like the opposite of comics like the golden and silver age of comics happened like 20 30 years ago or 50 years ago now comic books have never looked better Mm. They're printed on pristine picture, uh, paper. They've got a million different colors that they can use on inks. they got digitally composited. The letters are perfect. Everything's glossy. They're shit. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're, they're getting better now. I mean, they've really come out of the dark ages of like the late 90s and early 2000s. They're mm. getting tolerable. But, oh, my God. You've got like the apex of creativity happened before the apex of technology. Yeah, yeah. Now it seems like everything's coming together at this peak. It is. Because if, if Babylon 5 had come out now, I'd be all over it. Yeah. I love the story. I just, the makeup and the effects were just too bad. <laughs> they were done on a I fucking agree. Amiga, for God's sakes. Yeah, it's, it's kind of amazing what they did with the technology at the time. Sure. Like, it's not bad on the budget they had. With the technology they had. But, but like, Star Trek The Next Generation's effects are horrible. If yeah, you see them now. Some of them, yeah. But they were better than Babylon 5 at the time. Sure, sure. Uh, but then, like, you step up to DS9, you've got the serialized oh. show, for one. And you've got the effects, which are a thousand times better than even Next sure, Generation. Sure, And that lets you do so much. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like it's TV before they could do, um, what do you call that, serial? Before they could do yeah. serial style, Serialized. was kind of like an Atari game, like Yars Revenge. <laughs> like, you turn it on, you play it. They had you a, turn it, it off. The story was limited by the fact that, like, well, you're this insect, a space insect that's trying to beat the quotile, um, <laughs> because mm-hmm. you couldn't do anything more with it. And it's kind of sure. the same. Like if you every episode is a standalone, you have to have these character archetypes. They can't have a lot of depth because how can you express that and in the space of an hour, yeah, you can't. So now they're really being, it's, they're working on such, such, such so much larger of a canvas. Yeah, when you can stretch out a character arc for four, five, six seasons, mm-hmm. uh, imagine the depth that you would have gotten from a show like Firefly had it been oh. allowed to fully flower or whatever you want to call I want it. I to take a moment and pour out some liquor because yeah. Firefly might be one of the greatest tragedies television-wise mm-hmm. in the last 10 years. Yeah, because even Arrested Development, which was also on that level, uh-huh. at least it got three seasons. Yeah. At yeah. least it, it wasn't got a few smug- years. It wasn't smothered in the crib. You didn't even get half a se- Well, you got half a season of Firefly. 14 yeah. episodes is just over half a season. Right, right. And a movie. Yep. And it was heading for good places. Like, I, I, it's amazing because, like, Star Trek The Next Generation arguably sucked till two and a half seasons in. <laughs> I agree. Like, they, yeah. they, they kind of, they, I mean, the first season, they had no fucking clue what to do with the characters and the setting mm-hmm. and, like, you know, and then, like, season two, they started it kind of, and, you know. I got a theory brewing. When did Riker grow his beard? Well, I actually had this discussion with someone else that, like, <laughs> really? it started coming in season two. Oh, but the yeah. the full Riker did not come on until season three. That, it's power. Yeah. It's the power of the show is the beard. Yep. 
And then half the next generation movies, he's got to shave, and they suck. Wow. So Correlation? Uh, causation? Causation, who knows? I think so. Scientists will debate for generations, <laughs> the next generations. Um, By the way, before uh, yeah, Brent Spiner is in rare form today on Twitter. Is he? I didn't oh see yeah, him. dude, He's, I have not been getting Twitter updates. I don't know what he going goes. On. Someone asked him like, "What's his favorite episode of TNG?" And he oh, goes, no. "To be honest, I never watched the Newlywed Game." <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, and someone uh, says, awesome. "Do you think it's that wise to be a sm- such a smart ass?" He goes, "Well, it's a lot. It's it's a lot." It, I goes, I, he goes, and actually, I think it's unwise to be a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's just he's, he's eviscerating these people today. Fred Spiner, genius. On you Twitter. gotta follow. He's him a on Twitter. Twitter god. Yeah. You Never really, have I seen a Twitter feed that I have enjoyed more than Brent Spiner. It's so good because I follow Will Wheaton, LeVar Burton, and Brent Spiner, and mm-hmm. they're like the father, son, and Holy Ghost. Like, <laughs> you know, Will Wheaton just wants to get along with everybody. Sure. Uh, Jordy is trying to save the fucking planet and yep. prom- promote reading. And Brent Spiner is just being a jackass <laughs> to people that deserve it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, okay, are we ready to move on a little bit? Yeah, let's talk Cause about because because we, we kind of talking in broad terms. Let's talk about specifics, entourage. Well, no, I wanted to stay in broad terms for a minute, oh, okay. a minute longer. Um, back up, back this trolley up. I wanted to talk about another another uh, piece of course, the puzzle, piece of the puzzle, whatever you want to call it, that is making these shows so great. I think it's music. I think it's the score mm. because I will tell you, I have never been so impressed by a television score. As I was with Lost. Oh, yeah. I was... I had never even noticed a television score until Lost. Right. And when Lost came on the air, they had this amazing theme that was just heart-wrenching. Like, it Mm -hmm. ripped your heart out of your chest and stomped on it. Mm -hmm. You put a crying baby and a woman comforting her in front of that Mm -hmm. audio track, and it's Mm -hmm. done. Forget Mm -hmm. about it. Right, right. And, And I think that is a huge part of it because even in Battlestar Galactica, Battlestar Galactica had very good sound design because they just used a lot of beating drums and like intense kind of low tone noises. Right. Um, it was a very really, martial show. It was, and it was a very action oriented show in places. Yeah. Um, and that kind of lent a sort of visceral feel to it. Sure. And I, I think the music contributes hugely to the impact of a show. Hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. <laughs> okay. I get Good no point. argument. I get no argument. I get no feedback. You, you, I get nothing. You completely covered it well. I mean, I was going to, I mean, we've been talking about Mad Men for, but I love Mad Men's theme song really oh, yeah. sets the tone of like this kind of like a quietly desperate, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of placid, but there's a lot going on under surface and the, you know, everything's all period perfect. And the, mm-hmm. each episode ends with, a contemporary to the time, yes, kind of like almost a hit song or at least a well-known song that's mm-hmm. perfect. Lead sums up the feeling, and they almost always show like this um, montage of all the characters and where they're at at this particular point and how the song is tying them all together. Yep, and yep. it's so I almost I almost get sad when I hear it start because I know the episode's, <laughs> the episode's over. over yep. and, and Mad Men is extremely long. Like a season, a, a show is like forty-eight minutes, fifty minutes long because they show it with a limited commercial interruption after season two. 
So it's like sometimes these episodes feel like they're going to go on forever. It feels like you're watching a movie sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, to, yeah. And and when they uh, go into that song, I'm like, oh, you know, I feel like when the lights, you know, when you see the credits I've, at the end of a good song. Yeah, yeah. So, and I see the old see the Matthew, fade to black. Matthew Wiener. Matthew Wiener. I, I've heard it's actually Wiener, which is, is not much whiner? better. I don't care. He's, he's a Wiener. He's, he's a Wiener. Either way. Every Almost every show we are like, well played, Wiener. <laughs> yeah. Well played. That Matthew Wiener, he's that, really that, got it somewhere. That Wiener has got it covered. <laughs> Covered. Um, the other thing, uh, this goes along with, with uh, Firefly and Arrested Development. I think more studios as they, or more networks as they see these better shows being made and see them like come to fruition um, over the run of like four, five, six years, especially with the show like Mad Men where it's a slow burn, like mm-hmm, I said, mm-hmm. um, they are allowing shows to continue longer into their runs. Disagree. You I disagree think, with I think that? Network shows brutally are, are they 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 still strangle stuff in in the crib. I think, I think they let heroes go for way longer than well, they but could heroes have. was a big hit to begin with. Sure, yeah, but, and then it sucked for a long time. But Friday were, Night Lights is still on. Friday Night Lights was not getting a lot of are you attention sh- right really? off the bat. I thought Friday mm-hmm. Night. I don't know. I mean, some some are get dramatic darlings because like Firefly never got like Emmy consideration. Well, they're killing stuff like Dollhouse, um, which you know stuff are, like. Pushing Daisies was kind of a cool show that I and liked. Got, yes, I like that a killed. lot too. Uh, couldn't, but you know where they used to give. I think they used to give time, more time to find an audience. Now they're just gun through. Now cable is different because like so? HBO pays for a show. Sure, HBO will and let it's it run like, forever because like they've already paid. Why the fuck do they care? And if only yeah. like you know half a million people are watching it, they get paid. You know, they're they're, they're a premium show channel, so they don't they yeah. don't have to have advertisers to answer to. They can give something time. The, at least a season, you know, they're not going to cancel something in the middle of the season. Yeah. Well, they canceled Deadwood, which kind of surprised me because Deadwood... Well, they didn't renew it. They didn't cancel it in the middle of a season. No, no, no. But they, they didn't renew it, which to right. me is the same as canceling. I guess. Because they're in the middle of a story. I say they don't yank it four episodes into season one. No, no, no. Right. 14 episodes into season one, perhaps. Yeah. Um, no, Deadwood is actually a good show. I watched the first, uh, I'd say probably like 10 to 15 episodes. And I... Kind of liked it. I I've heard it a lot of good things about it. Yeah, it was very raw, very uh, sure. <laughs> offensive in parts. Sure. But uh, I thought it was cool. 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 Okay, now we can go into specifics. All right. So Entourage, you want to talk about that? Well, see, I'm new to Entourage. I only yeah. started watching this season. And it's I've a shame this because... Is the good, this is one of the better seasons, so it's like it's, it's kind of cool. But I get this idea that it's almost kind of like a comedy or at least a dramedy. Yeah. And it's heavily going into drama this this year. Totally. And a lot of things we're talking about in generals, I mean, we can talk right now. Like, the characters, I got who everyone was supposed to be within, like, <laughs> the first introduction of scene. Like, Adrian, what's his name? Greener? Uh, uh, Greener? Grand Marnier, I think. Or whatever the fuck <laughs> his name is. Like, he is, a, he is a giant asshole. Who's actually, this season... It's interesting. Man, it's fucking his, interesting his to hear is, your reaction. He's, he's a fucking asshole, but he's actually starting to realize what matters. Like, he's starting to realize that, like, holy shit, I want my family. I want, I, you know, I want to be there for my wife and, and my kids. I don't want to... Oh, you're talking about Ari Gold. You're talking about Jeremy Piven. Oh, yes. Okay, yes. Adrian, what's his name, yeah, is uh, Vincent Chase. Right. That's who you he's were, playing the who star. I you were talking about, yeah. Because the, 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 the show, if you haven't seen it, is basically about a star, his uh-huh. talent agency, and his entourage, the, yeah. the hangers-on. 
Mm-hmm. The the leeches. His buddies. His buddies. Who he's yeah. taken on the ride with him. Yeah, they live with him. They uh-huh. spend his money, drink his booze. It's re- it's really funny hearing your reactions to the characters and like pinpointing who they are. Right. Because you're right about Ari Gold, but he is just now starting to change. Right. The other characters have changed so drastically from season one. Really? It's night and day. Like, you know E, Eric, uh-huh. um, the short redhead guy? Yep, yeah. He started out as one of Vincent Chase's buddies. He had no fucking clue what he was doing in Hollywood. And now he's this big he's swinging agent. dick agent, right. like, signing Bob Saget and, like, all these high-profile people. He started Bob out as a nobody in season one. Yeah. And then Turtle started out as a fucking loser, man. He's a fucking loser still. He's not. He's turning into a businessman. I don't he know. He really he's, is. He's going to get himself fucking at the bottom of a river if you don't watch <laughs> out. He will. He will. But I'm saying, like, his character transformation has been pretty dramatic. But I'm still amazed at how well written it is because it's still funny despite all these dark things that are happening. Yeah. Like, these, like this, this season is like watching a storm cloud roll in. Mm-hmm. Like it's starting, it's like, ooh, wow, the temperature just dropped. Oh, wow, that's a roughly black over. That's looking dark over there. Holy shit, the car. You know, the, the leaves are flipped over and the sky is turning green. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like there are really bad things happening to these main characters. Let I me mean, break it Absolutely. down. The star starts dating a porn star. He's on a downward spiral, man. Yeah, he's dating, starts dating a porn star dating a porn who star. gets him into cocaine, I guess. Or again. Wasn't he on something else? I kind of got the feeling that he's been through rehab before. Oh, no. He smokes a shitload of marijuana. Well. <laughs> he smokes pot all day long with right. his buddies. But now he's, like, coked up and yeah. trying other things. He's, he's boozing up with vodka. Yeah. They've got this really weird. He's, dropping, he's like, hitting pills and acid right. and all sorts of stuff. Right, right. He's getting into fist fights with Eminem. Um, you know, Turtle's in over his head with his business deal, and I think the Mexican mafia is going to kill him. Or yeah, something. Turtle's story. He got in with uh, someone from South America uh, right. who was running this tequila business. And I'm convinced, by the way, that this tequila has got laced with heroin yeah. or cocaine or something. I, I agree. Because nobody reacts the way yeah. that the head of that organization reacted when he announced to him, he, he calls him up and he tells him that I've got Mark Cuban here who wants to invest $5 million in our tequila company. Right. And he's like, what the fuck? Why did you do that? Why are you talking to Mark Cuban behind yeah. my back? Don't you ever do that again? Who reacts like that? Plus, when you who tell reacts them? to tequila like that? I mean, I've had good tequila. Sure. All right. Even um, good tequila is bad. <laughs> no, I love, in my opinion. I love tequila, but nobody's going to be like, oh my God, I can't stop drinking. It's like crack. I mean, yeah, yeah. They're like almost like they're addicted to this shit. Maybe I, I might be off base. I'm starting to think maybe I am, but as I've watched the last <laughs> couple be. episodes, um, but yeah, I mean it's a good example of again beautifully shot. I mean, Sasha yeah. Gray's titties have never looked better. Never. Um, the sets and uh, they got L. I mean, they go to all the cool places in L.A. Um, all the clothes look great. The characters mm-hmm. are interesting. It's well written because again, it's very hard to be funny and still dramatic at the same time. And actually, I wanted to comment about that. Well written, it's so well written that even though I realize what they're doing is outlandish and ridiculous, right? In, in modern day society, right? I believe that they could be doing it. Like it never does it feel like that's unrealistic to me. Sure. And and part of it's probably like the Hollywood, uh, the the aura around Hollywood where you've got all these hot people doing each other all the time and doing drugs and fast cars and loose women, whatever. But it always feels right. Right, because I I think Hollywood is an off... If anything, I think Hollywood's toned down. If you ever read stories about the 30s and 40s (laughs) era 
you know, Humphrey Bogart era of Hollywood. It was a fucking Walt Disney. Woo. It was fucking drug, booze, orgy fest all the time. It's like Caligula. Yes. Walt Disney equals Caligula. He did. You know, <laughs> he wants his head frozen so he can come back <laughs> and be put into a hot new body. God. But um, it, you know, like I said, it takes a deft touch to be a comedy. That uh-huh. handles these tough s- subjects without flipping into a very special episode of Entourage. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, you know, you'd see an episode like Full House, and this is the one uh-huh. where Kimmy Gibbler is going to be molested. <laughs> and like, it, it's like, who would molest not, her? She's ugly. As I shit. would. I've oh. got a huge Kimmy Gibbler fetish. Really? I do. I don't know why. That, you realize how messed up that is, I right? I know, and I don't know why. She's not attractive. Uh, She's not funny she's not smart she's not a attract- well she is smart isn't she i don't know she i don't know i think smart. she's actually stupid i i i can't i don't can't explain what kind of animal magnetism she's got for for me but it's messed I, up. it is messed up but anyway it's like the same thing it's like you know it's like different strokes when arnold got you know almost almost molested by the bicycle mechanic i have no idea yeah no, is there strokes? <laughs> never what? seen different strokes. or like you know um the episode of uh Oh man, what was that one with Alan Thick and and Kurt Cameron? Uh, growing pains. Yeah, growing, growing pains, pains. Where his sister went through like a eating disorder, which I oh, actually, yeah. actually happened in real life. Or uh-huh. I mean, like they, they the funny switches off, and they're like, okay, we're going to try to get Emmy nominated now and be very dramatic. This is still funny as hell. Oh yeah, there's yeah. stuff that's happening, but there's also really really bad things, and you go from this emotional, and it's very hard to pull that off in, as you say, believable way. Yeah, and and the actors, I mean, kudos to the actors because they are pulling off this dialogue like nobody's business. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, and it's rapid fire too. Oh yeah, it's none of this. Uh, we're gonna pause on somebody for five seconds while they deliver a line. Right. It's like we're walking around a, a counter, we're all smoking dope, we're all taking drinks, and we're delivering one line per second. Yeah, and like I, have, I, I, one of my favorite podcasts is the BS Report with Bill Simmons on on ESPN, and he talks about a lot of pop culture. He loves Entourage. Nice. And he's talking about they were. He's excited that uh, James Conn's son. What's his the dude? You know, he, I know who James Conn is. What well, his son? Yeah, he's he's the dude that's got like the short hair. That's like really kind of like a. He he's in all the Ocean's Eleven. He's like the he's a, the um, Casey Affleck's brother in Ocean's Eleven. Nope, not ringing any bell. Anyway, but they're talking about how like he's in Hawaii Five O, and they're like, "Well, how's this acting?" Because you know it doesn't, you don't, you don't have to be like an A level actor to blow. Was Jeremy McPivot? Is that his name? Jeremy Piven. to blow him off the screen, and I'm like, and you're hold your own with him, and I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, this isn't Robert De Niro, but these actors are not bad. I I think they're I think very Jeremy good. Jeremy Piven cast in that role is genius. He is perfect. Right. And, and I, maybe he is kind of an asshole because I, be. I was following his Twitter free, feed because he got into like a little feud with him and him. And uh, he does kind of seem maybe like a patronizing asshole a little bit. Huh. But so they just hired a guy who's an asshole. Well, to play but, an I mean, asshole. It's good casting, but still, yeah. it's like he's. I really felt bad for him when I'm watching like his marriage crumble mm-hmm. and himself destructing. Because he. You can tell he really cares, and yeah. he does want to try, but his life is so chaotic that he really just can't. Not only that, but he's living the natural consequences of his actions. If you live like sure. that egomaniac and – Oh, burn, na- most recently, yeah. And, now he, he and you burn all these bridges and stuff, you, you, that eventually will catch up to you. You're No yeah. one's bulletproof. No one can treat people like that. I mean it's – you call it karma, whatever you want. You know, you, When you basically f- piss off society enough at large <laughs> – 
eventually you're going to need society to give something back, and society's yeah. going to be like, yeah, fuck you. And he pisses off everyone he meets. Yeah. I have never seen him be nice to anyone. No, he just doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't. So. Yet he's anyway. successful. Or he has been up until this point. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't know. Him and Don Draper, man, they're going through some <laughs> downward, some, some downward spirals. Yeah. The, the shows are mirroring each other now. Interesting. Their marriages are breaking up. Their business sense is going down the toilet. Right. I don't know. I think uh, I think uh, Don will rise like the phoenix, but we'll see. Cool. Well, I'm about spent, man. That's about, about going to do it. About going to do it. Do, 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 do. We need to get, now that we got professional stuff, we need to get banjos. <laughs> so we can just go right into banjo, you know, the re-redneck it up. Hell yeah. White trash this shit up. Banjos, maybe a harmonica. Get a jug full of moonshine. Yeah. <laughs> Some spoons. Oh, yeah. Washboard, play that. <laughs> get get one of the mouth harps. How many? Boing, chicka, boing, chicka, boing, chicka. <laughs> How many? Uh, redneck stereotypes can we name in I, one minute? I Go. Know. I don't know. I, I've got too many teeth to to do it justice. <laughs> <laughs> so, ah, uh, boy. Okay. Well, we're gonna do an outro then. How about that? But they, they uh, we got brand new site. Um, got brand new forums. Uh, we're on yep. uh, Facebook. We're on what, Facebook. We're what on would Twitter. Really, what would really help us out in that is we're really going to start promoting the site. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're relying on word of mouth. Um, if you like our site, mention it to your friends. Um, you know, we're all geeks here. We all kind of like the same kind of stuff. We're hit a lot of topics. Uh, we got a Twitter account. We would love for you to follow us there. Um, mm-hmm. We always post the latest show happenings and some background information. Um, me and Jim's personal accounts are pretty funny to follow too. Um, <laughs> but if you're on Facebook, would you consider liking us? Um, if you're on iTunes, if you, we'd really appreciate a review, give us a couple stars and throw a, you know, an, an honest review, good or bad. We don't care. We'd prefer good. Um, <laughs> but you know, right now it's like, I feel like we're putting out, uh, you know, we're, we're enjoying it. And if you enjoy it, uh, help spread the love. Yeah. We're having fun recording these casts. I mean, I wouldn't invest however much money I've put into a mixer and right. microphones and, and, time, and all that shit and all the time the that it editing, takes. Yeah. Holy shit. And the working on the websites and it's, it's, yeah. there's, there's a lot of stuff that we're putting into it and we hope it's a good product and, um, you call it a product. It's a product. It's not a product. You, well, it's you a good fucking show. dick. Well, Don't it's call a show. it a product. <laughs> I love podcasts. This is the type of podcast I want to listen to. Me too. I want to listen to the buddies sitting around talking and about the like, things yeah, that I and, talk about. And I want to communicate not because it's like I really, um, have a big head or it's like that's not my aim I want like I feel like the more people we have that are part of this the better it's going to be because you guys are going to contribute and you're going to give throw ideas and we're going to start having yeah. inside jokes and this is going to get better and, and, and we're going to be the series of Mad Men or we're going to be the series <laughs> of Lost that you you invest in the beginning <laughs> and the payoff at the end is so disappointing. No, get the fuck out of here. It's like lost. It's going to build up and build up and build up and not live up to its potential. <laughs> Have you, you haven't seen an episode of lost. In I your stopped watching life. two and a, two and a half seasons in. Cause I saw that this was going to X files territory. They actually ended it. And I guess it was like a B, 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 B minus ending. Maybe. Yeah. It wasn't bad. It wasn't but when amazing. I, in season two, when they like completely forgot that Walt existed, yeah, I'm like, yeah. you know what? This is going towards Agent Scullyville. Fuck this. That's the thing that they never really wrapped up for me 
sufficiently. Was the dude Walt. hit puberty. The dude like, hit puberty. They said they got to go. He's growing too fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this oh, really thirty days have elapsed and he's showtime. taller than his dad. And, and now he's shaving. He, he looks like an <laughs> NFL linebacker. Yeah, yeah. Something's got to give here. <laughs> so they just got him out of the story. Yeah, and it's too bad because they were you know making him to be chosen one. But yeah, you well, you want to get in on the ground floor. You want to be there when we start so that you can have the payoff at the end. Yeah. If there's an end, there may not be an end. It's going forever. We could just in, do this. Until we're in a nursing home. Until we're in our robot bodies. Oh. Casting from space. Casting to, from Mars. We ought to release a nurse, that nursing home episode. We should. Listeners, it, it, we recorded an episode. It ended up being a verbal brawl. <laughs> it was. It was not only a verbal brawl, but verbal diarrhea on the part of everyone. Yeah. Everyone was just spewing these weird... Emotions and ideas, and I, I was all Ayn Rand, uh, objectivist, <laughs> libertarian, and mm-hmm. you know, Peter's like, uh, you know, all liberal and all this other stuff, and Jim's kind of like kind of in between, but you know, we were all just polarized. It was like American politics <laughs> crystallized and distilled on, a, on an angry hour of podcast. <laughs> We decided not to release it. Yeah, there there were like twenty minutes at the front that are good. Yeah, but the, the rest the, of the concept just, was interesting, and yeah. I actually think the whole discussion is kind of interesting. Yeah, so we might redo that, or we might just or maybe as bonus as bonus content. If the listeners possibly. clamor for it, we'll release a bonus. Sure, sure. I'm not so, ashamed. So get our it. forums, start asking for it. Right, that's what you got to do if you want to hear it. We've got loads of bonus content too that we need to release. We'll be bu- we'll be buffing that up. We will. So Jimmy Buffett it. Okay. Well, that said, I think it's about time that I call this to a close. Yep. With that said, until next time, I'm Jim Jones. And I'm Aaron Hubbard. Ciao.